Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. Let's give Jesus praise. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. We give you all the glory. We gather here just for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We take our little alabaster jar called our lives and we just smash it right at your feet. You can have it all. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. And I just pray for every heart in this room. I just pray for an impartation to land on every heart. The Lord's pouring out grace on you guys to pray today, to pray for the lost. The Lord is going to open up hearts like he, your hearts have never been opened before. I feel it so strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. For those who don't know, my name's Joe Bieber. Um, I'm an evangelist. I'm I've been so blessed, um, so privileged. I've got to just travel the country lately, preaching all over the place and seeing God do amazing things. I, I want to share a couple testimonies with you, but um, what I want you to grab a hold of today is I believe that prayer and evangelism are being married together. Who, who, who calls themselves an intercessor in this room? A few of you. Who calls themselves an evangelist? I call myself both. I... I I am come to a place where I've been praying, praying, and praying, and and witnessing um, and seeing the Lord just do amazing things on on levels I've never seen before. And it's not a place of my ability; it's in a place of of the anointing of Jesus. There's one anointing, and it's a person, and his name is Jesus. And he really wants to touch people. He really wants to mark this generation. And uh, I've, I've got the privilege of seeing him do just radical things. Um, Chris and I were in, uh, Chris Kildosher and I were in Iowa four weeks ago now in a town of 7,000 people. We got to see over 100 people get baptized in, in five days. Um, more, I, I could be hundreds of people receive um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we started to do meetings for three days. They got extended. We did five days. And I mean, we were baptized, baptizing people in the lake till midnight. Just amazing testimonies of amazing deliverance where the glory of God just, just came into the room and Holy Spirit just took over the meeting. And demons coming out of people, people getting filled with Holy Spirit. That's the goal for me, guys. And whenever I'm doing revival meetings or preaching, I... I want to move past the anointing, past the gift to where the glory of King Jesus just comes over and we're all just enamored. My prayer lately has been Psalms 33, 8. It says, let the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. I want us all just to get caught in the awe of God. One of those testimonies from Iowa is an evangelism testimony. I, I've I've seen the youth. I believe God is, we're entering a, a massive youth harvest and it's going to start with prayer, us praying. But we were in Buffalo Wild Wings at about 1130 at night, Chris and I and Rochelle. And uh, we were just talking, praying, and I, the wait, waiter comes by and what comes out of my, my mouth, I said, turn the game down. There's an Iowa State football going on. We are in Iowa. I said, turn the game down. I have an announcement to make. 
And I go, oh, <laughs> Holy Spirit. Like when we yield the Holy Spirit, he can use me at any time, any place. It's like I just preached a, a, a meeting for three hours, but you know what? God can use me at any time. I, it's not I check the evangelism box for the day or for the week. I'm available. I'm a vessel of the Holy Spirit. We're all called to be vessels, temples of the living God, instruments of his righteousness. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's God's plan to manifest himself through you everywhere you go. Amen? And this guy, he went and he turned the game down. That's the Holy Ghost. When, if, if we're just a crazy person telling people to do that, they're not going to listen. But when we walk in authority and know who we are, as children of God, we have authority to be messengers of heaven, sent ones to proclaim good news everywhere we go. And this guy went and told his manager and said, hey, this guy, I heard him say it. He goes, this guy over here has an announcement to make. I need to turn this game down. The manager's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> And, and Chris and Ro Rochelle are looking at me all nervous, like, what's he about to do? And um, I, just, I just sat in my chair. I heard the game turn down, and I just started preaching. I said, hey, everybody in this restaurant, I have an announcement to make. Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. He's defeated sin and death. He made a way so you can be set free from your sin, your guilt, your shame. He died on a cross for you. He saw you on your worst day, and he bled and died for you. And I began to just preach the gospel in this restaurant. I hear people start to mock me back there. And I see this group of kids, high school kids. They were on like a homecoming dance. They all have like little shirts and ties on and, and dresses and stuff. And I point to one, and I say, you there, I just saw a girl get healed of a broken foot. She was supposed to have surgery. I just watched the Lord Jesus heal her. And he goes, I have a broken foot. <laughs> he, he has a cast on his foot. And what comes out of my mouth next, I said, as sure as Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, he's going to heal you. You see, miracles don't point to I have a gift. They point to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The anointing isn't so we look cool. It's to serve other people. The anointing of God always points to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It always points to his resurrection. And I had this kid. I brought him up to the middle of the restaurant. Everybody's gathered around in the restaurant. I said, take your boot off. He takes his boot off. Pray for his foot. The Lord Jesus heals him. And I don't... Stop there, friends. Miracles are an app appetizer for the main course. That's the gospel. Peter in Acts chapter 3, when he, when he picks the, the, the paralyzed guy up off the ground, he doesn't say, this is because I have a gift of healing on my life and God's given this to me. He, he preaches the gospel. Why do you look at me, he says. This is the work of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God anointed with miracles, signs, and wonders. 5,000 people were saved because of that one miracle. A miracle is always an invitation to point at the miracle worker. And uh, I just say, guys, this is amazing that Jesus healed his foot. He loves you so much, he cares that you even play football. 
this kid was a star football player and his foot was broken in a game. And, uh, and I just said, guys, this is amazing. But the greater news is this that your sins can be forgiven right now. That burden of sin that's weighed you down, that's kept you from God can be removed in a moment because Jesus Christ saw you on your worst day and said, I love you so much, I'm gonna lay down my life so you can live. And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father of heaven except through me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only God that would lay his life down so you can live. And I said, who wants to receive Jesus? You see, Jesus doesn't want to just take away your sin. He wants to come live inside you. He wants to transform you from the inside out. He wants to be your helper. He wants to be your comforter, your counselor, your best friend, and most importantly, your Lord. And all these kids say, I want that. They all prayed in the middle of the restaurant to receive Jesus. A whole group of kids on their homecoming dance, like 1130 at night. Thank you, Lord. We've just been seeing this stuff break out. I wish I had more time. I'd sit and tell you stories all day. But we've just been seeing this stuff break out all over the country on extraordinary ways. And last time I was here, I, I taught a lot on evangelism. Today, I want to teach you on prayer. After I was here last time, I went down to Colorado. We ministered down there. We saw like 50 people get baptized. And the Lord began to, to wreck my heart and just say, about prayer. God provides the increase. We can do so much in our flesh or by a gift, but he provides the increase. It's not by might, not by power, by the spirit, says the Lord. And so I went, I went back to, to California and I was so tired. I'd been on the road for like over a month straight, just ministering in and a spiritual father of mine, this name's Hamilton Filmalter. They've led half a million people to Jesus. They sparked the revival in Pakistan that's going to this day. He called me and says, Joe, I need to come there. I need to come there. The Lord's called me to come there. I need to, to minister to you guys and put some meetings together. And I just want to say no so bad in my flesh. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this right now. I just want to sleep and like eat some ice cream and take naps all day. <laughs> and... Uh, but I'm like, yes, let's, let's do it. And so he comes, and we were having meetings. We're doing evangelism, seeing a lot of people get saved on the streets. It's amazing. And, and he says, I want to have a closed meeting with, with just like your leadership of, of the people that run with me in Santa Cruz. So that's what we did. We had a small meeting. And he begins to preach on a new move of the Spirit, which, friends, I think we're entering into. It's, it's not the move that Bethel went through or the move of Brownsville in the 90s or go back to the Jesus people movement. I think we're entering an entire new move of the Spirit. And it's going to look completely different from what we've seen in the past. And he began to preach on Luke chapter 5 about how Jesus told Peter to cast his net on the other side of the boat. To do something so simple. But it was by his voice that didn't make sense practically. But just by casting the net on the other side of the voice. By being obedient, the miracle broke out. And I believe God's calling us into that, to be people that listen to the still, small voice of Jesus, moved by an impulse of the Holy Spirit, and see a catch of fish that we can never imagine. Amen? 
And uh, he began to minister to people and prophesy over people, lay hands on people. People are falling out in the spirit all over the place. And uh, he gets to me last. I was just catching people, helping them minister. And he gets to me last and he speaks a prophetic word over my life. Um, really powerful. Lays hands on me. And um, right before he laid hands on me, he says, Joe, miracles are about to increase on your life in a level you've never seen before. And I felt the fear of God come on me, like the tangible fear of God where I thought I was going to die. And he lays hand, hands on me. I fall out in the spirit and I'm just enjoying God. A friend of mine comes up and like starts messing around with me and all I'm thinking is go away. I'm enjoying God. Leave me alone right now. I'm like, this is me and Jesus time. And uh, he goes away and I feel hot liquid hit me right in the middle of the forehead or right on the side, like right here on my forehead. And uh, um, I'm like, wow, this guy didn't come just mess with me and quench Holy Ghost. He, he spit on my head too. And so... <laughs> I go up to wipe the oil or the, the liquid off my head and it's hot oil. It is warm oil in my fingers. And I realize what it is and I just feel like this, the Holy Ghost come on me so strong in fire. When, Jesus, when John the Baptist spoke of Jesus, he said, I'm not unworthy to tie that guy's sandals, but he will come and he will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. This was the baptism of fire, friends. I began to weep and wail and scream and yell in tongues and tongues and I'd go lay hands on people. Tongues and interpretation would break out all over the room. Bam, bam, bam. We were caught in a moment of the fear of God. We were there for hours and with my small group of people, intercession came upon us more, more than it ever has and I want to read this scripture to you. It's... Uh, if you want to go there with me, it's Zechariah 12.10. Can you pull that up for me? Right there. I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem. That's you guys. The spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look on me whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. It's a spirit of grace and supplication. I believe what came on me that day was a spirit of grace. I, I could never conjure it up. I could never strive to get there. It was the Holy Spirit pouring out on me. And it was supplication. We began to cry out for souls. And the Lord began to take me in encounters where I'd be weeping and wailing on the floor. Travailing for the loss. My heart just breaking for the loss. And I'd, I'd see people down in hell. And it was so dark. And uh, so scary. But then I would, I would be screaming. I'd take their place for them. You see, intercession, I believe, is God's over here. The lost are over here. When we come to intercede for the lost, we join them right together. So I'd be down in that place and I'd take their spot. Old Pentecostals call praying it through. And I believe this is coming back on the church because... This is what needs to happen for us to see a crazy harvest. You look at Brownsville, you look at any move of God, any revival in human history, they're crying out to God before. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. The Lord's provoking hunger in our hearts, church. 
And I began to have this encounters where I'd be down like in this dark place and I'd begin to see people's faces and get people's names. And then I'd feel like this relief and I'd feel them like be set free, delivered, brought to the Father of heaven, brought into the arms of God, receive the grace that they look so they will look on the one they have pierced. No one can be saved unless they see what Jesus did for him on the cross, friends. It all starts with repentance. It all starts at the cross for each and every one in this room. It's what we all have in common. It all starts there. And we begin to pray like this, weep and wailing for souls. And we, we begin to do less evangelism, but guess what? We begin to see more people saved and way more powerful encounters. And it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. It really is. And uh, here's, a, here's a testimony of prayer for you from this last week. I, uh, I was ministering at a tent revival in uh, Salinas, California. It's, it's really crazy. It's kind of like being in Mexico. Like, literally, no one speaks English there. Like, you need translators. It's... It's a, it's a wild city. I love those people so much and had so much fun. I ended up staying there for two weeks, over two weeks. And uh, there's a high school. We had this big tent set up, and there's a high school right across the way. And I just began to pray and pray for that high school. I pulled my team in. We are praying. We are crying out for the lost of that high school every morning, just crying out for the lost. And I, I'm talking to my friend who's helping me lead all the evangelism for this tent, during the day, his, his name's Paul. And I said, Paul, I'm going to preach the gospel to that high school. I don't know how, but I'm going to. And uh, I'm in the, the tent that night for the, the first meeting. And, and a gal comes up to me. She says, hey, I'm a teacher at the high school. And I feel like I was supposed to come ask you to hand out flyers in front of the high school. And I said, yes, let's do it. So I go there and I hand out flyers in front of the high school. And it's a total flop. Like, I mean, these kids are mocking me, making fun of me. Like, I just feel just terrible. I feel so rejected. But guys, when this stuff happens, we have an invitation. We either be victims to the world or we go get on our knees and say, I'm not giving up. I'm crying out for more of God. And I went back to my camper feeling so dejected and I got down on my knees and I said, Jesus, I'll be a fool for you every day. I don't care. I'll go back to that high school every day. I love you so much. My life is yours. I don't care what anyone says or thinks about me. I know you love those kids so much and they don't see you, God. Open up their hearts that they see you. Open up their eyes so they look at you whom they've pierced. And I began to just wail and cry out for them. And I said, Jesus, I'll go back to that high school every day. You see, the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Amen. My life's not mine. I don't care if people make fun of me. There's more on the line than my feelings. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I went back to that high school every day for five days. Next day I go back, I just begin, uh, I get bold. I just start, there's a whole, um, all these kids leave the high school. There's a sidewalk and they walk, there's like a hundred kids that would walk by the sidewalk, if not more every day. And I just begin to preach and Jesus Christ is a miracle worker. I'll prove to you he's resurrected. 
resurrected from the dead? Who has pain in their body? And like five kids stop. And I said, you have pain in your body. He says, yeah, my ankle's all messed up. I just reached down, grab his ankle, immediately goes, what did you just do to me? What did you do to me? And I said, who else has pain in their body? I'll show you. This is the resurrection power of King Jesus. I grab another kid. His back gets healed. He has a Buddha necklace around his neck. He goes, what is this? All those kids repent and receive Jesus. All of them right there on the sidewalk. And I said, we got it. We're on to something here. This was not birthed in man's ability. This was birthed in us crying out to God. And they look at the one they pierced. The devil's trying to blind eyes of unbelievers, blind their hearts to keep them from seeing the grace that's available for all of us. The free gift of salvation. And when that gets removed and they see him, there's no one that will resist him. Everybody wants him when they see him, who he really is. And so I went to that high school. I went back there the next day. I, I got a team of people. I said, guys, we're, every meeting I was in at the tent, I would just grab everybody in the tent no matter what I was doing, I said, God's doing something at the high school every day. And I just get the whole tent praying for the high school. And so we went back to the tent again. Or went back to the high school again. And uh, the next day, and like, same thing happens, except it's like 20 kids. Miracles breaking out caught up in the awe of God on a sidewalk in front of a high school, caught up in the awe of Jesus of how good, how amazing he is. So many healing just breaking out left and right. I begin to preach the gospel to these kids again. They're just cut open. It's amazing. It's like revival on a sidewalk. I go back to the tent again the next morning. I say, guys, keep praying. God's doing something special there. The next day, this is something that's never happened to me. I've done a lot of evangelism. I've never seen anything like this before. And I credit it all to us praying. In the grace of God, obviously. But I go back to the high school and those five kids, those original kids, they came up to me and were talking to me. They were just so lit up, so happy. They're just born again, just like so excited to see me there. And they bring two of their friends up to me. And I thought they need prayer for healing because that's just what God been, had been doing there. And I said, hey, how can I pray for you guys for healing? And they sovereignly come up to me and they said, I need my sins to be healed. And I will pour out on the house of David a spirit of grace and supplication, and they will look at the one he pierced. These two kids came up to me and said, we need, I need my sins forgiven. Jesus. Whew. And I prayed with them right down the street, gave them a hug, and the burden of sin is removed. There's no greater miracle oh, than seeing people get born again. Jesus. And those kids were so happy to see me every time I went back there. And they looked like new people because they were. And uh, I go back to the tent and I say, guys, keep praying. This is the last day I get to be there now. And uh, um, an ice cream truck pulled up that day. We went back to the high school and I go up to the ice cream truck driver. I said, I'll buy all these kids one thing of ice cream each. And so... <laughs> And I'll, I'll pay you later, just keep a total. 
anyways, I just start preaching, hey guys, free ice cream for everybody. And we get a crowd of like 75 kids. I go right in the middle of them and just start preaching the gospel. As loud, like loud as I can. Some kids are cheering me on. Some kids are freaking out. A girl starts manifesting. A demon gets delivered. And I, I invite them. I said, who wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And all these kids like pray to receive Jesus. I don't know how many kids got saved that day, but a lot. And... Uh, it was amazing. Thank you, Lord. Miracles were happening. And uh, I attribute all this to, to just the, a move of the Spirit. It wasn't like I did anything different. It wasn't like I preached this amazing message to these kids. I just went simply preaching the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Prayer doesn't make... God necessarily do anything, but you know what it does? It reveals his heart. And when we grab a hold of his heart, the love he has for the lost, man, there's something so powerful about compassion. We live in a such cancel culture right now where it's, you say something wrong, it's just such a divide in our country right now. But if we can look at the people that are hurting and broken and catch God's heart, I promise you there's so much power in that. So much power can flow from that. And this is what I've been seeing, guys, is, is just a move of prayer break out and seeing the power of God manifest itself on the streets like, like it never has before. And prayer to me before was always just, yeah, why do people do that? We all need to go preach. You guys, you intercessor people are weird. <laughs> and uh, I just believe that we're entering a, the third great awakening, like a great move of God. And it's going to start with the church humbling themselves and getting on our knees and crying out for the lost, getting over our ways of doing things and our right theology and just being hungry for more of God, being hungry for souls to get saved, getting over our past, getting over what we want to see and just saying, Jesus, help them, help this city. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, when he looked out over Jerusalem, he saw the brokenness in Luke 19, and he wept over the city. One hot tear running down your cheek can be more powerful than a thousand words you pray out. To catch his heart for a city, what if you caught God's heart for Phoenix? What if just this room caught, caught God's heart for Phoenix? What could happen for the loss of this city? When I go out to do evangelism now, I, I look, guys, and I, I feel like I'm just on a rescue mission. Like, I, I feel like time is short, and, and we're on a rescue mission to save people from eternity and bring them into everlasting life. I want to pray for you guys today. I, I believe that not everything can be taught in prayer, but it's caught. It's, it's an impartation. No one... No one can teach you how to pray but Jesus. But there's an impartation that's being released 
an impartation of prayer, that spirit of grace and supplications being released on the body. Because God, I believe in this move of God that we're earning into, I think it's the greatest harvest this world's ever seen. But I think the Lord's coming to the church first to bring us to a place of repentance to get over ourselves and just begin to cry out for other people. To get our eyes off of all the religious things we do and our busyness and just let our hearts break. It says in uh, Isaiah 28, I believe it's verse 12, it says, He will speak to his people through stammering lips in a foreign tongue. When I've been coming into prayer, I've just been praying in the Spirit so much lately. Because we don't know what to pray. Romans 8, 26 says we don't know how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself in our weakness intercedes for us. We all come to prayer. We don't know what to pray, but Holy Spirit always prays the perfect will of God through our lives. Paul said, I, I sing in the Spirit and I sing in my understanding. I pray in the Spirit and then I pray in my understanding. When we pray in the Spirit of God... We gain an understanding. He will speak to his people. It's, it says in Isaiah 28. Might be 25. I could, I could look for you. He will speak to his people through stammering lips and a, a foreign tongue. And they will enter the rest of God. I believe that this is a season of the church. The Lord's bringing us to pray in the spirit more than we ever have. In Jude 1, verse 20, it says, Building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, and keeping yourselves in the love of God. Church, I believe, I believe the Lord is calling us to pray. And it's not to pray for ourselves. It's, it's not to pray for anything that concerns us, but just to pray in the Spirit of God and catch what he's saying and go and do it. When I've been doing evangelism, I've literally just been praying in the Spirit Catching what God's saying and then just going and doing it. I've, I've literally moved out of my house right now. I'm living in a camper, just traveling where God tells me to go. I'm not like stuff like this happening where I, I say, hey, I'm passing through. Love to come hang out. And I'm here. And I'm not trying to book myself over. I just want to be in revival. And I know it's going to start in prayer. It always has and it always will. Just a group of people. It's not about us getting it right or, or all that stuff. It's about us just being hungry for more of God. And when the glory of God comes, it brings us to repentance and we unify in Jesus. We unify in the spirit of God. God wants to pour out revival on this house. I know he does. And, and I know you guys are catching this word in prayer because Joy's getting stuff about praying mantises and all the stuff about prayer. And no, that's, that's the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. He's, he's pulling you guys into a season of pray, to pray. But it's to see something far greater than you could ever imagine. Far greater than, than you could ever dream of. And I just want to pray with you guys this morning. And, and is, is there, can you play the piano? We're just going to pray and I'm going to, I'm going to lay hands on you. We're going to just yield the Holy Spirit right now. Um, I believe that this is going to get on some of you right now.